we got to get rid of the shame and realize that our spending behavior, whatever it is, doesn't make us a good person or a bad person. Does talking about your money make you cringe? Are you tired of fighting about finances? Do you want to stop sabotaging your financial happiness? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to Breaking Money Silence, a podcast series aimed at helping all of us talk more openly about money. Your host, Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, is a wealth psychology expert who is doing what she does best, speaking about taboo topics. International speaker, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection, Kathleen understands money and our relationship with it. Over the past decade, she has empowered thousands of people to break money silence at home and at work. Now, here is Kathleen. Today we have a special guest and friend and colleague of mine, Stacy Francis. She's the CEO of Francis Financial Planning and the founder of Savvy Ladies, a nonprofit organization dedicated to educating and empowering women to take control of their finances. Savvy Ladies is an organization I recently became more involved with, and I am happy to report has helped over 20,000 women through free one-on-one financial counseling, webinars, and seminars. And a little bit later, we'll tell you how to reach out and connect with Savvy Ladies. But first, I want to welcome Stacy to the podcast today. Thank you. I'm excited to be uh, busting some myths today. Well, I'm excited to bust some myths and break money silence with you. So let's get right into it. What is the myth that you chose to bust wide open? The myth I chose was a myth that I truly was trapped uh, with as well. And that myth is women are not good with numbers or money. And I will fully admit that I was one of those girls in math class, particularly I remember seventh grade. Um, I would sit in the back of the class. I refused to ever really raise my hand. And I spent the majority of my educational career trying to avoid math. The best way to do that, just hint for anyone, become a French and Spanish minor. Um, that way you don't have to worry about numbers except for you know the number on the, the pages of the books. Uh, so I did a, a real successful job of really avoiding math because I felt like I wasn't good at it. And what's so interesting to me is, you know, I met you as a very well-known uh, media personality and financial planner uh, owning your own firm. So, you know, in a few seconds, how did you go from that person that didn't want to raise their hand in math to where you are now? Yeah, it's, you know, it really was an outside influence um, that I find myself where where I am. And it it actually was because we had some devastating things happen in our family. My grandmother lacked money confidence and ultimately ended up costing her life. She was married to my grandfather. It was a very abusive physically and emotionally from the day she was married in her late teens to when she ended up passing away in her 80s. And she never left. And I never could understand, particularly as a woman, um, why you would stay. Yet she shared with me the truth. And the truth was because of money. And it very quickly taught me an unbelievably sobering lesson that changed my life and its trajectory to realize that you know knowing about money isn't a nice to. Knowing about 
about money and understanding money is a is really a have to. Wow. So that's, you know, sad to hear. Um, I'm glad that you were able to turn it around for yourself. And it sounds like uh, knowing you, you go full force in whatever you put your mind to. So uh, you became a CFP, correct? I did. I did. And, you know, it was interesting. I remember signing up for the certified financial planning classes at um, New York University and thinking, all right, I'm just going to take one. And walking in and, and blessed the first day, the instructor said, look to your right, look to your left. Two out of the three of you will drop out. And I thought, well, he's talking about me. And uh, what I did find, though, was that the more I got involved with the classes and the coursework and the learning, very quickly I realized, number one, this is not rocket science at all. And number two... I'm really enjoying learning. I, I feel more confident about myself. And number three, I'm actually pretty good at this stuff. It was a really phenomenal, phenomenal experience. And um, I ended up going all the way through uh, the CFP program, um, graduating and taking the exam. It was only a 49% pass rate when I took it and I passed. And well, anyways, um, when I saw him later, I recounted his scary speech to me and that I was one of the ones that made it all the way through. So take that. <laughs> yeah, you go, girl. So women can be good with money, and certainly you discovered that for yourself. And I know part of the work that you do uh, at uh, your company, Francis Financial, and certainly as the founder of Savvy Ladies, is really help other women out there realize that this is a myth. It's not a fact. It's definitely a myth. Um, you know, we've our nature makes us uh, really good, really good money managers. And the first is that we're very goal oriented. Um, we're really good about getting clear about where we want to go, and investing is really just kind of putting the paving stones each step along the way to get there. And so we're very likely, much more likely to um, put those paving stones in to seek out uh, other professionals that that can help us make those good decisions with regards to investing and saving. And most importantly, we, we tend to stay with our investments for the long term. In fact, it's interesting, men trade their portfolios 45, 45% more frequently than women. And these trading costs and also errors in judgment, because we know that market timing doesn't work, um, ends up that women outperform men on a risk-adjusted basis. So with the same level of risk, that, you know, a woman with a conservative portfolio versus a man with that same conservative portfolio, because of her stick with it, behavior and riding the good times and the bad times out, women outperform men by about 1.8% a year, almost 2% a year. That's huge, especially especially over time. Wow. So it's not only as the fact that women can be good with money, it's that women can be very good with money and in some ways, in certain situations, better than men. Exactly. We... Um, you know, there's two pieces uh, particularly that I find we're, we're really good at kind of just tuning out, ignoring the market noise. And the first one is the herd mentality. If you can kind of think of like a, a herd of buffalo all going, they're, they're following that first 
buffalo and they're, they're all going. And um, the Indians used to use this as a trick because the first one, um, if it went off the cliff, then all of them would. And bless, they would have buffalo for, you know, the entire season. But bringing back to the market, <laughs> what that means is essentially, you know, a lot of uh, men are much more likely to invest in a hot IPO. Um, Lyft went public. Um, you know, we have um, Uber as well. Facebook, I remember years ago, these were the things that people had to have in their portfolio, particularly only my male clients asked about them of wanting to get in. Funny enough, not any of my female. They didn't necessarily want to follow that herd mentality and instead stick with their ideal allocation. And the other thing that we're really good at is not getting trapped into the get rich quick or what I call like a, a lottery style trading. And that tends to be investing in like very speculative, lower price, maybe like penny stocks that, you know what, this one Everybody thinks they're a dud, but this is going to be the one that takes me to fame. This is going to answer all my prayers by putting all of my money in this one really, really financially unstable stock. It's going to, it's going to beat it. And we as women also tend to shy away from that and tend to invest in blue chip, higher quality that, as we know, over time typically does better. Interesting. So... Why do you think this myth that women aren't good with money is still out there when it's so clearly not a fact? Yeah, unfortunately, you know, it's still out there. I would say, I mean, it comes back to, you know, what you talk about of breaking, you know, breaking that money silence. Um, you know, four out of five women confess that that they have actively refrained and not talked about money, not talked about uh, finances, even with the people they're most closely related to and, you know, not sharing questions or concerns. Um, and I remember reading a, an article that, you know, even Emily Post in one of her etiquette books had a section all about money and how it was distasteful to find any woman speaking about money. So, you know, if we raise, if we're raised in an environment where it's not kosher, it's, you know, looked down upon to talk about money and have money conversations, well, where do we get our education? You know, where do we get our, our learning and our experience? We don't have it. And so what happens when you don't have education? Well, myths can happen. And what I hope today everyone listening to your podcast walks away with is that, you know, the confidence gap that we have and this myth that we have, the, the only thing that keeps it living and holding us back is not facing it and starting to get some, some more experience. So really taking our heads, uh, as women, taking our heads out of the sand for, for men who are supporting women, uh, whether that's emotionally, whether that's at a job, whether that's as their advisor, is really not buying into this myth. And, you know, at, earlier you mentioned that uh, women not taking care of themselves financially can actually be dangerous. And I know Savvy Ladies, the organization that you founded, 
really addresses both the financial confidence gap, but also, I think, serves women who potentially could be in dangerous situations. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, Savvy Ladies uh, is my love letter to grandma. And I know she would be so proud because we really are here to support women, all different kinds of women. And you know, some women do actually have a 401k bless and, and maybe they even have an emergency fund when they come to Savvy Ladies, but the majority of women don't. And they come to us and they're often in, in pretty economically vulnerable positions where they're dealing with credit card debt. They have, you know, don't even have money to, to be able to deal with a, a medical emergency that might cost them two or $300 really, really living on the edge. And what happens is that if you are not in a financially secure position, we can find ourselves cornered into really unfortunate positions and actually even unsafe positions. And a good example is is, is grandma. And she didn't have the knowledge. She didn't feel comfortable. She didn't have financial security. And so, you know, she stayed. And I, I I get very frustrated when you hear the political commentary or what you hear in the news about the Me Too movement of the you know hundreds of women that have endured sexual harassment in the workplace and some pointing figures and and judging of well why did she stay they don't get it when you have to keep a house over your head, if you're a single mom and you have children, we can find ourselves cornered financially into a situation where it's nearly impossible to leave. That's why, that is why this is so important. This is not a nice to anymore to know about money. This is a absolute, absolute have to. Every single person on the face of their planet needs to understand money. And that's such a great point that it's really the way I look at it and talk about it is that it's it's an adult responsibility, no matter what your gender is. And it's really about, okay, I need to know enough about nutrition in order to take care of my physical health. I also need to know enough about my finances to take care of my financial health. And what's wonderful about Savvy Ladies and the work and your in your commitment, um, Stacy, to uh, you know this field is that you are not only saying it, you're taking actions and setting up systems and a whole organization that's helping women do this. And and you know anybody who's listening in obviously can hear my passion. And so recently, I was honored to be able to be asked to uh, join the gala committee and to participate at a higher level. And and I I hardly thought about it. Stacey, you and I had a quick conversation. I was like, I'm in because I just really I believe uh, so hard, uh, so much from my heart that this is something that needs to happen on, on a whole big continuum. And so... Uh, you know, as we're talking about this myth and as we're talking about this good work that Savvy Ladies is doing, I'm wondering if we can start with one or two tips that you have for someone listening out there who either is a woman in this position that feels like, oh, I'm not good at it, or I, I don't want to deal with it, or maybe somebody uh, in her 
life that feels like, wow, she's not in a great spot and she really should learn more about money. Do you have a tip or, or a few suggestions for people to get started uh, on this journey? Yeah. And I always believe that a journey is done by one step at a time. And I think any, you know, anyone listening to this podcast, I'm sure has achieved certain things in their life where when they set out, they they actually were pretty intimidated and didn't know if they'd really be able to get to that finish line. Um, and it's the same thing with this. So figuring out that small step and the best small step is to start to get control of what the inflows and the outflows are. And one of the best resources that I've used, and I'd love, you know, Kathleen, any resources you know, um, I really like mint.com, M-I-N-T.com, because you can link it with your credit cards, you can link it with your checking account, and it pulls in all of those expenditures um, and it actually categorizes them for you too. So I like that. And you can do reports, you can see, did you spend more in one category such as eating out than what you put in for your budget? Are there other areas where maybe you underspent? It's a great tool. Do you have any tools that you like too? It's funny because we just did a blog today. My team, uh, we all picked one uh, app that we liked that was helpful in terms of saving money. And while I pick something that saves me money on travel, some of my other uh, team members pick things like um, their you know, bank application that helps them do something very similar, be able to see things in real time. I know yep. for me, mint.com I think is great. I happen to use eMoney, but what I like about mint.com is it really is very accessible. And I think mm -hmm. you're right. We have to start to raise that awareness of what's coming in, what's going out, just to even start to look at money and not to judge ourselves and be really critical at the start, but just to notice. Yeah. And that I think is really key. You, you really, you hit the nail with the right hammer. It's, this is not about judgment. This is not about shame, you know, and some people might be feeling shame because they feel like they're spending too much on certain things, or you have credit card debt, or you, you have, you know, auto loans. We got to get rid of the shame and realize that, our sp spending behavior, whatever it is, doesn't make us a good person or a bad person. I mean, I I spend too much on shoes. Um, be you know, that is what I love to do. I adore shoes. I that's what it is. Pretty much nothing else. I'm I don't buy gadgets. I you know make my own lunch, but shoes are my thing. But you know what? That doesn't make me a bad person. Um, so you know, just noticing. Just notice, observe. And then the second thing is then ask yourself, am I spending my way, my money in a way that adds real value and happiness to my life? And look at it like that, like Marie Kondo, your budget, <laughs> you know, and ask, does this make me happy? And if it does, then, you know, keep it. If it doesn't and it doesn't really add value, then you know what? Do the equivalent of Marie Kondo and, and donate it to the Salvation Army. Yeah. So Marie Kondo is the organizational guru, right? That's uh, oh, yes. very she, hot right now. She is very hot. I watch her shows. They actually, <clears throat> to be honest, stress me out because the houses that when they start, they're so overwhelmingly cluttered that I don't know how she's going to manage it. But bless, at the end, they, they turn into these beautifully organized 
miraculous palaces. So it's a great inspiration that you can use also for where you're spending your money. Yeah, no, I think that's a great analogy. And and also, you know, I think when we talk about the inflows and outflows and suspending judgment, you know, if we think about how we raise kids nowadays, when they do something that is a negative behavior, we call it a negative behavior or we say that we don't like that behavior. We don't say we don't like you. And so we have to start yeah. <laughs> being kinder to ourselves. And, you know, and I giggled when you said shoes because we definitely have to go shoe shopping together because that I'm way into boots and accessories. Mm-hmm. So, But it's really just taking that awareness. And, and one of the exercises that I'll do with folks or encourage people to do is the idea of just going through your credit card bill or your debit statement and looking at where all the money goes and just saying, does this tie to my values? You know, yeah. is it going to outdoor, for me, outdoor activities, recreation, you know, the endless equipment that comes with all the sports that we do? Or or is it really going somewhere that it isn't a value for me or for you who's ever listening? So I think there's a variety of ways to become mindful. Um, mm-hmm. You know, our time is running out. It goes so quick and we have so much to say. I would love for you to take a moment and say a little bit about some of the resources that people may be able to uh, tap into at Savvy Ladies. And then a quick note about the gala, knowing that I will put a gala link uh, on this podcast so people who are interested in supporting this good cause can do that. Wonderful. So SavvyLadies.org, uh, S-A-V-V-Y-L-A-D-I-E-S.org is a great resource for you where you can get access to literally hundreds of TED Talk-like videos on every financial subject under the sun. And then every other Wednesday, we have our Wisdom Wednesday series, and that is live. You can tune in from anywhere in the world. We also record it if you don't, um, if you're not available, about certain topics that uh, really hone into everything you need to know about your finances, whether it's getting out of debt, investing in your 401k, starting a business, changing your career, getting married, getting divorced. Um, And as far as the helpline, I want to tell you a little bit about that. You can get one-on-one financial help free of charge with a certified financial planner that has an expertise specifically dealing with whatever financial challenge you're facing right now. So please do uh, visit the website and use those resources. They're free. And by doing that, you're also doing a a wonderful honor to my grandmother who I know is smiling down on, on all of us. And so put the um, gala on your calendar. Uh, We'll include the date, but that's going to be in November this year, um, a wonderful uh, event where we raise significant amounts of money. And that all goes towards funding the operations of Savvy Ladies, which is a a 501c3 nonprofit and truly does run on the generous and the kindness of individuals who donate to the charity like you, Kathleen. And thank you so much for being on the gala committee and for supporting us. And we're are looking for more gala committee members and individuals who want to get involved. Um, you can live in New York or you don't have to live in New York. I know, Kathleen, you're in the beautiful state of Vermont, my, one of my favorite states in, in the country. There's a lot of options for people to make a difference and get involved. Great, great. And so I really want people to check out the resources. You can do that for free. It sounds like there's tons of information there. I will definitely put the link. 
for anyone who's in a uh, situation where they feel like they could support this cause and really believe in supporting this cause like I do, feel free to check out the gala and think about attending. Uh, Ping me if you are, because I am going to be there live and in person with bells on and hopefully with a little mentee by my side, because I like to bring younger women into the fold and and get them uh, exposed to uh, doing the good work like you're doing, Stacey. So thank you so much for Breaking Money Silence and all the work that you're doing around the topic of women and money and talking about money. I really appreciate our connection, our collaboration, and you spending time today with me. Thank you, Kathleen. Thank you for listening to Breaking Money Silence, hosted by Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, a wealth psychology expert, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave a review. Also, share this episode with your friends and family. It is a great way to get the conversation started. For more money talk tips and information, or to hire Kathleen to speak at your next event, go to www.breakingmoneysilence.com.